How could it be? Because you think to yourself, you may be thinking to yourself, it's not that simple. It's more complicated than that. Life is more complicated than that. Life is more complicated than the answer just being Jesus. It it can't be that simple. It can't just be that. It can't just be that message. It can't just be that person who came. And you think to yourself, how's that going to solve my problems? How's that going to make my life better? How is that going to fix my marriage? How is that going to fix my relationship with my children? How is that going to fix my job? How is that going to get me out of debt? And you think to yourself, how does that work? You're telling me that Jesus is the answer to all of that? The answer is yes. The Bible says that if we fix our eyes upon him, that if we fix our eyes upon him, if we cast all our cares upon him, he'll care for us. He'll take care of us because he cares about us. And that if we would take our eyes off of our problems, if we would take our eyes off of our own issues and our own things of our life, that just our focus on him, just our commitment to him, is gonna draw the solutions to come to pass. He is going to bring solution to your life. I believe it with all my heart. He is going to bring solution to your life. Because when you draw close to Jesus, you realize that not everything in your life is about serving you, not everything in your life is about what you want, and you begin to think about people around you. You begin to think about him. You begin to have compassion. You begin to have kindness. You begin to have love overcome you and well up inside of you. And when you begin to express that love and that compassion and that truth towards others, it's amazing how Jesus transforms the very situation that you're in through you because of your compassion, because of your love, because of the truth that's inside of you to bring solution to your problem. Church, if you're looking for worldly solutions to your problems, why not consult a higher power? Why not consult the highest name, the name above all names, the name of Jesus? That's why we're here. Because the truth of his word, the truth of his message will transform your life and has transformed my life. Would you raise your hand and say, has Jesus transformed your life? Would you say that the message of Jesus Christ has transformed your life? That's why we're here. Because the message is true. We're not trying to create a cult. We're not trying to force you into anything or control your lives. We're just telling you that the message of Jesus changes lives. We're saying that if you follow the pattern that he he has given for your life, he will bring solution. Church, I I cannot go another moment without asking if there are those who would like to give their life to Jesus this morning. I cannot go another moment. Because 
we have to make the decision every day to give our lives to him. We have to wake up in the morning and say, Jesus, I give my life. I give my day to you. I give my heart to you. I give my actions, my family, my job, my situation. Would you bow your heads in a word of prayer with me this morning? If you would like to renew that commitment to Jesus this morning, or maybe you've never made that commitment to Jesus this morning, to just say, Jesus, I give you my life. I trust you with my life. It's not a call to join this church. It's not a call to to make me a part of uh, of your life and control you in any way, shape, or form. And it, it, is a, it is a surrendering to the person of Jesus in the way of life that he has for you. So this morning, with nobody looking around, I would ask if, if that's you today and you would like to give your life to Jesus, and I'm not gonna center you, I would just like for you to, to raise your hand so that I can pray for you and then we'll move on with the rest of the service. Thank you. I see the hand. Is there anybody else? I'd just like to give their life to Jesus. Thank you. Anybody just like to renew it? Just say, Jesus, I, I'm, I'm going to live for you. Thank you. I'm going to live for you. Thank you. pray with me this morning for those maybe who have never prayed the prayer and they wouldn't know how to pray so that we can pray together and it would be a statement of faith together would you just pray with me just repeat after me just say dear Jesus the path my life was on was the wrong path please forgive me Forgive me of my sin. I want to trust in you. I give you my life. Now lead me to where I'm supposed to go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Folks, I'm not feeling the best this morning. I'm not sure if that's the reason I'm emotional or if it's just because of how amazing he is. But I'll chalk it up to the ladder. How about that? He's good to us. He's faithful to us. And so I, if you prayed that prayer, maybe you prayed it for the first time, maybe you didn't even raise your hand. Jesus heard it. He did. He heard it. And he wants to walk with you. He wants to show you the path that you so desperately are looking for. He's not trying to play games. He doesn't have a bag of tricks. He's not trying to fool you. He doesn't, it's not like, a, it's not like a, a treasure map where there's all sorts of hidden compartments. He really does want to show you the path that he wants you to take. And so I pray that you would trust in him and I pray that you would continue to follow him and, 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 and give him your life and trust him each step of the way. You know what? It's not all going to happen all at once. You're not all of a sudden going to make every choice, everything perfect. 
It just means you're on the right road and you're going in the right direction. And, and honestly, that's all God cares about. That you're on the right road, going in the right direction, doing your best to serve. Amen? Amen. That's good stuff. Thank you, worship team. Appreciate you this morning. Is the music still going? Okay, well, if I start dancing, it's not my fault. <laughs> Sounds like some steel drums over there or something. <laughs> this morning, I just want to continue to share with you the understanding of God's gifts and how he has gifted all of us and how, and how that... God wants to use you. You know, if you gave your life to Jesus this morning, and maybe it's the first time you ever did, or maybe you're just renewing your, your relationship with him, I want you to know that God wants to not just save you, he wants to use you. Not use you in a bad way. <laughs> not wring you out like a towel. But rather, he, he has given you something. He has given you an ability a gift for you to use to contribute to all of us so that we can all serve Jesus together, so that we can all work together to understand and, and, and grow in maturity and grow up and, and, and realize who Jesus is in our lives. We need to realize that truth. This morning, I, I'm, I'm jumping between two portions of Scripture. The, the, the portion of Scripture we, we talked about before was in Ephesians chapter 4. And the last, the last gift in Ephesians chapter 4 was the gift of, of uh, pastors and teachers. And that how, that's, that's one, again, one of these gifts that God has given the church. And so I'm not going to talk about these in a, in a way that, okay, this person is called to be a pastor for the rest of their life. It's more about an understanding that there are those who have a pastoral gifting. That there are those who have a teaching gift. And that you're gifted that way. And that, you know what, you can have a pastoral gift without being labeled the word pastor. Did you know that? That you can be a pastor and have a pastoral gift without having the label, without uh, having the parking spot. You can be a, a teacher and, and be gifted at teaching. And again, not necessarily have, maybe you're not, maybe you're not a high school teacher or maybe you're not a teaching in your job, but, but you have a way of, of, of doing things. And so this morning, I want you to know that this is not about, this is not about vocation, okay? Your gifting is not about what you do to make money. Your gifting is but what God has put inside of you to help other Christians and help so that we can help each other grow in maturity in the faith. So I want to talk about pastors and teachers quickly and then hopefully move on to the next portion and, and hit one more gift before we have to close.
So I want to talk about pastors and teachers in, in, in Ephesians chapter, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. And in this portion of scripture, just right at the end, it says pastors and teachers. That, that in reality, that this is one, one gift with two explanations. The word pastor literally means shepherd. Here. So if you were to actually translate the proper word here when it, in, in Ephesians chapter 4, it would say shepherd and teacher. We use the word pastor because we don't really understand necessarily what it means to be a shepherd. And, and, and so, you know, we've used the word pastor, but it's actually the word shepherd. And then teacher just means teacher or instructor. And, and most, comments, like most commentators suggest that we're actually speaking about one role. So maybe trans- translated better, teaching shepherd. That this, this is that gift. And there's something about this pastoral gifting that has a, a sense of shepherding, a of, of sense of, of taking care of sheep, or a sense of someone who is in charge of a group of, of, of people that is in charge of, of, of taking care of a group of people. Making sure that they're uh, you know, shepherds in, in the day, they would make sure that they were, they were grazing in the right fields. They would make sure that uh, they didn't get lost, that they would stay all together. They made sure that, that wolves wouldn't come and, and, and eat them. And so they would protect the sheep. They were also responsible to the one who owns the sheep. You see, a shepherd rarely actually owned the ones he was taken care of. He was hired to take care of the sheep, but they weren't his. They belonged to the master. And so we take this translation, we take this word shepherd, and we, 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 we put it on to what we would understand what a pastoral gifting is, and, and, and understanding what, what pastors do, or what that's a gift that God has given the church. And it's interesting because there is something about lists in the Bible, and oftentimes lists in the Bible will, will list things from the greatest importance or the greatest significance to the least significance. And it's interesting how pastors, pastors and teachers is listed at the end, and yet it seems to be the most exalted of the gifts in church. And so we need to be careful about how we how we think and that we all have to work together in order to accomplish what God has called us to. But it's also, uh, and so this word is also in 1 Timothy uh, referred to as an elder. So if you, go to, if you were to go to 1 Timothy, it, 1, Timothy kinda, 1 Timothy chapter 1 talks about the role of, of certain people in the church. And so you'll see the word elder or you'll see the word bishop. This is these two words, elder or bishop, also refer to this role as pastor or this kind of gifting. And so what happens is in the early church, there were, there were certain people that were called elders or bishops or pastors of certain groups of people.
But the elder was also a teacher. And this is, this is what's interesting about this specific gift is that they were also a teacher. And Jesus was often referred to as teacher. If you go through the New Testament, if you go through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, count how many times that Jesus is called teacher. And what's interesting about this, this, this specific gifting is that we have to understand that for the most part, those who have a pastoring gift also have a teaching gift. That it's, it's kind of combined. It's not something you can separate and say, okay, well, if you have a pastoral gift, then that's usually connected to a teaching gift. So part of being a shepherd is being a teacher. If you were to go back to the actual role of being a shepherd, is that you have to bring correction where correction is needed. You have to make sure that the sheep don't go where it's going to be dangerous. And so, you know, back in the day, you'd, the, you know, the big staff, you know the picture of a shepherd? Okay, you know how it's got like a shepherd and the stick has a curl on the end? The curl on the end was to grab sheep by the neck. Okay, and to, to pull them into the right place. The bottom of the stick was usually used to hit the sheep. Now, I don't have a stick today. But that's why it was used. It was used for correction. It was used to show people. It was used to show these sheep, say, look, you better listen to me because I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to do something that's going to harm you. It may sting a little when I do it, but I'm trying to keep you safe. I'm trying to do what's best for you. And often that's what a teacher does is trying to instruct the sheep and saying, look, this is the way you need to do it because if you go that, that way, it's going to hurt you. We have people like this in our life and they don't necessarily stand up here. There's lots of you who have a pastoral gift. That you're good at taking care of other people. You're good at helping to bring instruction into your life. And so what do these, what do these people look like for the most part? What does this gift look like? Is that the, the pastoral gift is often, uh, a pastoral gift is often uh, focused towards a group of people. I mean, if we look at the word shepherd, a shepherd is not just one person who takes care of one sheep. That would be a waste of a, uh, of a shepherd. It's usually a group. And so often, often a, pastor, a pastoral gifting has a heart for a group of people. They take spiritual responsibility for those that, that they have care over. They, they care about their relationship with God. They care about how God is moving in their life and, and the decisions that they're making in their life. And, and there's, there's actually a, a, an emotional connection that they would have to this group. And, and if, if, one were to, if one were to be lost or if one were to get hurt, that there would be a, a, an actual connection, an emotional connection to them. And the same is true for those who have, a, who have this gifting of, of, of pastoral, is that there's, you, you care for a, a certain group or a certain group of people, and, and when they're hurting, it seems that you're hurting. That there's a significant compassion for this group or, or a responsibility to make sure that this group is, is, is not alone or they're being taken care of. 
They're able to teach and communicate biblical truth in a way people understand. This is different than a prophetic gift, okay? Uh, People who have a prophetic gift, they give a message from God and then they walk away. (laughs) And they're just like, well, good luck with that. Whereas, Whereas the pastoral gift often will take biblical truth and help people understand it so that people can apply it to their life so that they can understand it. That's where the teaching part of the pastoral comes in is they're able to communicate truth in a specific way that people understand. They motivate people to action. The shepherd in, in, old, in, shepherd in, in, in the biblical times, they would, they would guide their flocks in different places to different parts, of, different parts of, of the pasture to go here and to go there and keep them inside the pen and so that the, they were called to action. They were called to go in specific directions and, and I believe the pastoral gift calls people to action. They're hands-on, relationship-based. Shepherds uh, knew each of their sheep. Knew each one. And had a hands-on approach. Like a real hands-on approach. I've got four children, and the word hands-on has a different connotation than it used to. Hands-on now means, you know, something that's negative. But that's what happened, is that, is that for the most part, a shepherd spent all of his time with his sheep. And so knew each and every one of them and had a hands-on approach that when they were hurt, they would personally nurse them back to health. That when they were hungry, it was their job to feed them. There was a hands-on approach. And for the most part, the pastoral gifting brings, these are people who are, are genuine leaders because they're, they're helping and, and teaching and and leading others and other people are following them. If, if you're a shepherd and you don't have any sheep following you, then you're not a shepherd. That if you have a pastoral gifting and you're functioning in that gifting and you're not helping anybody, then you don't have that gifting. If no one's following you, if no one's listening to you. And so this, this thing goes hand in hand, pastoring and teaching. And so why do we need this gift in our church? Why do we need this gift in our church? Why do we need this gift as Christians? Because we all need to grow. We need to mature. And we need, we need people with pastoral giftings to help us do that. We need people to help us to grow. There needs to be growth. Otherwise, there's death. If sheep don't eat, they die. If they don't drink, they die. If their wounds are not healed, they die. We need shepherds. We need the pastoral gifting in churches because their people need care. For local leadership, for, for, for hands-on leadership, we need people who are hands-on leaders who are willing to go and meet with people in their homes, in their points of crisis, to be able to say, I am here to pray with you. I am here to help you. I'm here to bring scripture to you in a way that's going to bring comfort and, and truth to you. We need those people. We need more than one or two of them. 
We need this gifting to rise up in our church. We need people that understand the Bible. Because for someone on the outside, looking at the Bible, it may be a very confusing book. Right? You ever been reading your Bible and you just thought to yourself, what does that mean? How does that apply to my life? How, how, is, how is this supposed to be life-changing? We need people to come alongside of us to say, this is why. This is how you apply this. This is, how scripture, this is why Scripture is saying what it's saying. We need those people. We need those giftings to rise up. And we need safety. Church, we need people to protect us. For all of us, there are moments that we begin down a path, we begin down a road of making decisions that will destroy us. And we need people who care about us and love us to come alongside and say, this path seems dangerous. You may want to rethink going down this path. Not a control, but rather a help of someone. Wouldn't, don't you want that? I want that. I want someone in my life who's willing to say, listen, I know you may not want to hear this, but this seems like a really destructive path. This seems like it's going to hurt you if you keep doing this. That's why we need people with a pastoral gift. Because the shepherd knows that when the sheep goes in that way, all by themselves, chances are they're going to get hurt. They're going to get lost. They're going to get taken. That's why we need the pastoral gift to rise up. Now, all that being said about the pastoral gift, there's also a separate teaching gift. Here's one thing about this is that for the most part, those who have a pastoral gift have a teaching gift. But those who have a teaching gift don't necessarily have a pastoral gift. Okay? That there's a difference. There's a bit of a two-in-one gift in regards to pastors. For the most part, pastors have a gift of teaching as well. Or those who have a pastoral gift also have a teaching gift rolled into the expression of that gift. But a teaching, like just a teaching gift doesn't necessarily have a pastoral gift. I'll tell you why I think this. It's not because I made it up. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 11, Paul is speaking about himself here, and he says, I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher. This is Paul speaking about himself. The thing about Paul is that I don't really see him having a pastoral gift. He didn't stay in one place very long. He was an apostle. He had an apostolic gift. But he did not have a gift of pastoring. He did not have that. But he was also a teacher. So what this tells us is that just because you have a teaching gift doesn't necessarily mean you have a pastoral gift. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? Pastors kind of have a two-in-one, whereas teachers, some, some people are just gifted to teach. And we need that gift too. We need the gift of teaching. 
We need people who are able to, to figure, listen, in, in, in biblical times, there used to be people who would walk around just teaching. They would be orders. They would stand on the corners and they would, uh, even, like pagan ones, Christian ones, they would just stand on the corner and they'd just begin to talk. And people would listen. In fact, most of the disciples, when Jesus called to them, when Jesus called the disciples, Jesus was functioning in the gift of a teacher. Because that's, that's what they would do in biblical times. In biblical times, what they would do is that if you found somebody uh, who, you, who you admired or found someone who was teaching something that you, it resonated with you, you would go to them and say, can I be one of your disciples? Can I be a person who follows behind you and learns all that you know and, and understands all that you know because I want to learn what you know? Jesus was known as the great teacher. The amazing thing about Jesus is that he had every gift all wrapped up in one frame, which was extraordinary. And so this is why us, each of us, have who have gifts, we need, we need to work together because if we can get all of the gifts working in conjunction with one another, then we can be the most like Christ. That is my heart. And so Jesus, being the great teacher, he would call disciples. And so we absolutely need teachers. And teachers have a significant gift, a significant way about them. Woohoo! You must have heard me downstairs. I must be preaching good. <laughs> There's something about people who are gifted as teachers or who are, who are just, un, they know how to process information. They know how to process information. There are, there are those who just, who are able to do research. They're able to read books and look at information and be able to say, oh, I understand that. Do you ever meet, meet somebody like that? They just look at something and they understand it. And you're like, that's ridiculous. That seems so complicated. A teacher somehow knows how to process information in such a way that they understand it and then they also that they can communicate it to others in an understandable way. That's what this gift looks like, is that there are those who, can, who know how to communicate specifically as far as the church is concerned, biblical truth. But it doesn't always, doesn't always flesh out like that. There are some people who are gifted to speak to children in a way that children are going to understand. Extraordinary people. Church, if you hadn't had a chance to, to thank the people who are, who are teaching our children, you need to do it. You may not see what they're doing downstairs, but they are guiding our children in truth. And it is a blessing. You need to say thank you. people who are communicating truth and how we need to understand that they seem to be able to communicate as individuals but also in groups. For the most part, teachers know how to talk to more than one person at a time. They can, they can teach a group of people. They can, they can express the, their, their truth to a, a group of people and not just individuals. They're not afraid to talk. 
They're not afraid to communicate. They're not afraid necessarily to even stand in front of a group or speak in front of a group and, and communicate. Why do we need them? Because there needs to be a process of understanding. Because truth and the things of God, we're all trying to process. We're all trying to learn and understand. And we need those people to come alongside of us and say, this is what this means. This is what the Bible is trying to say here. Because we're all in process. I'd love to tell you that as soon as I gave my life to Jesus, I just understood the Bible all at once. Oh, I know what that means. I have Jesus in my heart. I have the Holy Spirit speaking to me. I know exactly what everything in the Bible means. I don't. And I'm the pastor. Like, I don't know everything the Bible has to say. I don't understand every single concept that's there. I don't get it. That's why we need teachers. That's why I need teachers. That's why there are sometimes I don't understand, and so I have to go talk to people who are more learned than me to help me and teach me. We all, we need this gift because revelation is a process for all of us in our hearts and we need teachers to come alongside of us and help us understand what the Bible is trying to say in a step-by-step orderly manner. Because if we're not learning as Christians if we're not learning who God is on a regular basis, if we're not learning, because you know what? Some of us can't learn on our own, right? Can you learn all by yourself? I did my best to figure out how to, uh, to, to put together my lawnmower, but I needed someone to help me figure out how to do it because I couldn't process the information all of my, myself. I, I read it. There are technical schematics in front of me. Shouldn't I be able to do this all by myself? I can't. I need someone to help me. I need someone to teach me. I need someone who can help me to learn things step by step and realize, oh, I can't just use any tool to do this. I can't just use my tools from the dollar store in order to fix my lawnmower. They will break, they're brutal. I need a teacher to come alongside of me and say, yeah, the dollar tools that you have aren't going to cut it. Stop talking about me. (laughs) That's why we need teachers. We need people to come alongside of us because we can't process all information and learn it all by ourselves. This is why we're working together as the body of Christ. Because we all need to grow up in the faith. We all need to mature together. And there are those of us who are just not going to understand the steps that we need to take. I can't show you every step that you need to take. I need the gifts of teachers to rise up in our church to say, look, this person knows how to do this better than me. This person will be able to walk you through these steps in in order to get there. There are certain things that you need to talk to Pastor Becky about and not talk to me about. 
Because she's way better at it than me. And she understands it more. You need to talk to Pastor Corey about certain things that he understands more than, than I understand. And they're going to be able to walk you through those steps because they're just skilled. They just understand that information. They just understand that, that concept and that subject more than I do. We need the teaching gift. Not just the pastoral, but those who are just called to teach, those who are just called to, to, to speak appropriately about certain things that others just don't understand. There are people here who are extraordinary parents that we can learn from who have teaching gifts. We have people here who are extraordinary at at understanding finances who have teaching gifts. We have people here who who are extraordinary at at understanding computers who who have teaching gifts. Those are just... Those are just three different topics, but I'm telling you that the topics are endless and God can use you. He can use that teaching gift in you to bring people closer to Jesus. And that's why we're here. That's why I'm talking about gifts because God has placed this gift, these pastoral or these teaching gifts inside of you, not just so that it would benefit your job, but so that you could bring people closer to Jesus through using your gift. Doesn't that sound exciting? Doesn't that sound like, hey, now I've got some purpose. Now I know how I can contribute. That's why we're here. That's why we're talking about this because we want to see more and more people come to know Jesus. Well, these are the gifts that we need to rise up and show us. And as we do that, Churches, you rise up in the gifting that you have in order to serve Jesus Christ. I am telling you, you will enjoy your Christianity way more than you ever have. Because you're in your sweet spot. You are in the zone. You are, you are in the place where you're thinking to yourself, I, this is so easy. This is this is." This is why God made me, and I'm so excited to use this. I'm so excited to do this. Even the dog agrees with me. That's what makes your Christianity exciting, church, is that you begin to understand that God has made you in a certain way and then you step into the zone of God using you in your gifting and and finally you think to yourself, now I know why God put me on the planet. Now I know why God created me. And I can actually use what I'm good at to bring people closer to Jesus. There are, there are more gifts to speak of, and we're going to continue to cover them in June, but I am telling you, go on a search. Understand how God has made you, because it's going to bring life to your soul. It's going to bring life to your bones once you realize God can use me for his kingdom. Would you pray with me this morning? Bow your heads.
Father, we thank you so much for the church. We thank you so much that you gave each and every one of us the opportunity to contribute. That in each person here today, you have given gifts to bring to the table in order to serve you, in order to make life better, in order to express the truth of the gospel. For each person in, this, with this, in the sound of my voice is gifted. You have given each person a gift. And God, I just pray right now that if Satan is trying to tell people that they're not gifted, that they would just turn off that voice, that they would just tell them Satan right now that he is a liar. And that the truth is, is that the Bible tells us that we have all been given gifts. And that we can contribute to the kingdom of God in a way that's going to bring life to others and to us all at the same time. Father, help us to discover what those gifts are. Help us not to be afraid to use them for your glory and your honor. God, thank you for this wonderful day. God, I pray that you would be with these people today as they go and spend time together, as they spend the rest of the day together, keep them safe. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would love each other and, and spend a little bit of time sharing and fellowshipping today. But we just, we thank you for all that you're done and all that you're doing in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless your church.